Duck Doris here. And I want to give a shout out. This is the dawn of a new beginning with endless possibilities. Keep up all the great work and just know you are Chuck Norris approved. Your friend, Chuck Norris. Smashing Security, Episode 354, Chuck Norris and the Fake CEO, Artificial KYC, and an Airbnb Scam, with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security, Episode 354. My name is Graham Cluley. And I'm Carol Terrio. Hi, Graham. Happy <laughs> New Year to you, Carol. Same back to you. Thank you very much, and to our listeners, and to our special guest this week. Family favourite, Maria Vermasis. Hello, Maria. <laughs> Hi, and Happy New Year. Is it too late for us still to be wishing each other Happy New Year? I don't On know. the 11th? It's never too late. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we can we can do it. I think we've got all of January, or at least the, the first time you speak to one, someone in the new year. So we could go to July. I mean, really. Okay, well. We make the rules, Graham. If it's the first time you've listened <laughs> to us this year, hello, Happy New Year. Great to have you back. Yes, and let's kick the show off. But first, let's thank this week's wonderful sponsors, Collide and Vanta. It's their support that helps us give you this show for free. Now, coming up on today's show, Graham, what do you got? I'm going to be talking about Chuck Norris and an untrustworthy CEO. <laughs> okay, and Maria, what about you? AI is making it easier and easier to get around security measures. Mmm, and I'm going to talk about a double bait and switch. All this and much more coming up on this inaugural episode of 2024 of Sashing Security. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> now, chums, chums, I'm sure you all know about the metaverse, don't you? You've heard about the metaverse? Maybe you've dipped your toes into no. the metaverse. Yeah. <laughs> Against my will, I know a little bit about it, but that's about it. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's for young people, really. It's oh! not for people like us, is it? I mean, it's... Uh, do, you, well, do you want to explain what it is for the uh, 300,000 listeners? It's, it's the virtual world. It's the Lawnmower Man, that movie from 25 years ago. It's people having cyber sex with avatars of each other rather than each other because uh, their own physical reality is too revolting. So it's, it's the opposite of a real doll. So a sec it's <laughs> second life? I mean... Isn't, it's, it's second it's life. It's a bit it? like that. It's, yeah. Mark, Mark Zuckerberg has poured billions of dollars into it, thinking it's the future before he realised artificial intelligence was actually the thing that people were excited about. Um, but, it, you know, people are strapping monitors to their eyeballs and choosing. It's just a, a horrible. Anyway, I don't want to talk about the metaverse. <laughs> Why does it we talk about Facebook when I'm on the show? Why? <laughs> So maybe, I, I guess you're into streaming superhero shows. Maybe some of you have uh, watched a few of these Marvel TV series. Maybe you've heard about the multiverse. You heard about the multiverse where there's parallel universes. And this isn't real, by the way, Carol. Well, maybe it is. Who knows? Um, In case you were confused. Anyway, I want to actually know if you've ever heard of the hyperverse. So not the metaverse, not the multiverse. Have you ever heard of the hyperverse? Can I say that I've missed this over the holidays? Really? <laughs> No, tell me about the hyperverse, Graham. I'm dying to know. Hyperverse, <laughs> hyperverse. formerly known as Hyperfund, Hyperfund, is a now defunct cryptocurrency hedge fund. Cryptocurrency hedge fund? Yeah, cryptocurrency hedge fund. Okay, okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. I know, already alarm bells are ringing in your <laughs> I'm ears, strapping I'm in, sure. all right. <laughs> so the reason why you might have heard of Hyperverse 
is uh, it's not just because the company collapsed in 2022, but rather that when it did, I mean, after all, lots of cryptocurrency, <laughs> yep. you know, things collapse. But, but rather <laughs> that when it did collapse, it resulted in approximately 1.3 billion dollars. <laughs> what was that number? That was, that was <laughs> billion, 1.3 billion dollars, ba-ba-ding, ba-da-bong, worth of losses for its customers. So a huge amount of money. In fact, according to experts, more money was lost in 2022 through Hyperverse than any other alleged crypto scam. Hmm. It's a big number. So millions, wow. a lot of Wonga. millions wow. and millions was lost. Well, billions. This is an Australian crypto. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Mill- well, millions and millions does add up to billions well, eventually. Well, need a lot of millions, but yes, okay. <laughs> yes, I'll you give do. you that. You do. <laughs> Uh, when this Australian crypto outfit, Hyperverse, shut down, impacted thousands of investors, somehow it escaped any warnings from regulators in Australia. But in New Zealand, the UK, Canada, elsewhere, there were people and regulators and banks saying, we think Hyperverse could be a scam. All right. But for some reason, Australia sort of overlooked it. It, there's been a bit of fallout. So the five guys, five eyes, everyone else in the five eyes was saying, this doesn't look good. And Australia was just going, I don't hear you. I don't hear you. Are you talking about five guys, the burger <laughs> no. joint? Or five <laughs> eyes? Five guys, five eyes. Five guys, five eyes. <laughs> so confused. I'm so confused. <laughs> it's five guys, actually, where they collect That's where you go for a burger, you discuss your business. The free peanuts. Listen, those fries... <laughs> Those fries. <laughs> Those, Those fries. fries. <laughs> now, now, you're wondering, how did Hyperverse get people to trust them? Well, one way in which it did it was in December 2021, it appointed a new chief executive officer. Mm-hmm. They introduced their new CEO, the new CEO of Hyperverse, a guy called Stephen Reese Lewis, at an online global launch event. Video messages of support from celebrities were released, including from uh, Steve Wozniak, the co-founder of Apple, (laughs) Chuck Norris, the actor, all saying what a fantastic thing Hyperverse was. And this Stephen Reese Lewis guy, he had an impressive resume, right? He was a a maths and economics graduate at University of Leeds. He held a master's degree from University of Cambridge. I haven't heard of that place. Right, right. He'd he'd worked for for (laughs) Goldman Sachs. He'd uh, sold his uh, company to Adobe, you know, made millions there. He'd launched an IT startup and eventually he'd been recruited to head up Hyperverse, which he ran from his home in Dubai. Wow. Impressive. Yeah. Wow. Let's watch a little bit now of the announcement videos, just so you can get a sense of it. There are multiple ongoing developments within the Hyperverse ecosystem and we are very excited to slowly unreveal and share them with you. They certainly put a lot of money into that. Well, you know, <laughs> impressive, exciting background music. I think you agree. But here's the thing. Stephen Reese Lewis doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And we know he doesn't exist because the sleuths at The Guardian decided to do a little bit of digging after Hyperverse basically folded. They thought, well, let's go and speak to the CEO. And so they tried to contact him and they weren't able to contact him. So they went to the University of Leeds and the University of Cambridge. And they said, we've never had anyone here who's a student by that name. Do you know, though, it's weird, right? Because if you called the company Mm. up and said, hey, did, uh, you know, did Steve Reese ever worked there? 
they could say right. we can't divulge any information on our employees. But universities always cough up, don't they? Wait, they usually can verify if they will say yes or no if someone has worked there. Isn't that usually maybe this is a country specific thing, but usually yeah. they can just say yes, that person has worked for us or no, they haven't. They may not say you were a rubbish employee. Yeah, they'll just verify. <laughs> yes, you worked you there. shat on yep. the carpet or something like that. But they, they may say, yes, they worked here from these dates. OK, interesting. I'm pretty sure. Listeners, if you know different, let us know, because I'd love to know the answer to that. So the Guardian contact the universities, right. no record of it. Right. Nor did any records exist of Stephen Reese Lewis at Companies House, which is where all companies register, or on the USSEC. He didn't even have a LinkedIn profile. And I have to say, if, you, yeah. if you're going to fake <laughs> your identity, That's number one. create a LinkedIn profile. That feels right? like a sloppy forget thing to forget. You did all the other stuff and then not the LinkedIn? Isn't that usually what social engineers go for first is the fake LinkedIn right. profile? So the mm. question is, who the hell was this Stephen Reese Lewis guy and what was his background? The Guardian, I was reading this article just a few days ago, not able to find out. Oh, it's Satoshi Nakamoto, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't work it out. But that doesn't mean, of course, that nobody on the internet could uncover the truth. And I found a YouTuber going by this strange name of Nobody Special. So nobody, <laughs> this YouTuber, Nobody Special, he took it upon himself to do a little bit of digging. So he took a screenshot of the Stephen Reese Lewis CEO announcement video. So he had his face and he loaded it into Pim Eyes. Mm -hmm. Now, I think we've spoken about yeah. Pim Eyes mm -hmm. before. It's an extraordinarily scary website where you can upload people's images and it will trawl the internet, not looking for that exact image, but actually do a kind of facial recognition. So it will find social media pictures, all kinds of things of who it thinks is the same person. And it, it can be really, really quite convincing. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's quite reliable. Have you, you've done it, right? You've tried it out? Yeah. 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 I've done it. And, and some people, I think, well, that isn't me, but there's quite a lot. It's like, bloody hell, mm. it has found me here and there, you know, including pictures of me when I was much younger more handsome, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, this YouTuber, nobody special, he found images of someone who looked very much like Stephen Reese Lewis, found images of this guy sprawled drunkenly around in cocktail bars in Bangkok, hanging out with strippers and prostitutes. So not, <laughs> not living your typical... He, I mean, he's clearly quite drunk in these images. And it could definitely not be the Stephen he's looking for. So Pim Eyes isn't saying the name of these people. It's just saying this is an image of someone right. who looks really, really similar. And unfortunately, none of these pictures did reveal the man in the picture's true identity, right? It didn't say who he was. So what Nobody Special, the YouTuber, did was he started searching for images of other people seen in these drunken snaps in Thailand cocktail bars alongside our mystery mm -hmm. man, assuming they must be his drinking buddies because he was being photographed often. And one of them was a guy called Chris Mountain. And he found Chris Mountain's Facebook page and he was looking through images Chris had posted up on Facebook and he found one of Chris with one of his mates eating pizza in a Bangkok bar. It was clearly the same guy again, right? It's Stephen Reese Lewis. It's the CEO. And it's the same guy who appears in these Thailand cocktail bar pictures as well. Right. It really it's does a roller coaster ride. Okay. <laughs> but but the problem is Chris Mountain hasn't tagged our mystery man in these photos. It's like, oh, we're so close now, but he hasn't tagged him Jeez. in the photo. So what's his identity? But the YouTuber who's investigating all this, 
he saw that the photo had been liked five times. Mm-hmm. And so he thought, I'll just look to see who liked this. <laughs> and one of the people who liked the photo was someone with the same face. And that was how they were able to identify Stephen Reese Lewis's true identity. What, so Stephen Reese Lewis liked a video that he featured in. He liked a photo of himself with his friend yep. up on Facebook. Yep. Yep. And that's where the link was. And his real name, it turns out, is Steve Steve-O Harrison, originally from Bournemouth, which is a sort of fairly sleepy <laughs> you, come, a, come. A town on the UK <laughs> south coast. It's a beautiful place. No, I used to go there as a kid. Yes. I used to go. May, maybe everyone seemed old when I went there as a kid. Maybe now I'd think they're all youngsters. Yeah. That's just, if it's that boring. I think it's quite a party place now, but it's not Bangkok, <laughs> right? It's not quite the same. Mm. And what this YouTuber did was he compared videos of Steve, Steve O'Harrison with Stephen Reese Lewis. And it's clearly the same voice and it's the same look. In fact, I'll, I'll play it now. Here's a bit of Stephen Reese Lewis speaking, the CEO. And we are very excited to slowly unreveal and share them with you. And here's Steve, Steve O'Harrison. I'm currently training for Spartan in three weeks. Um, I'm going down there to do the trail run, which is 10K, and I think I've done this course before. I would say that's the same voice. Would you not agree? I'm not an expert. Like, I feel this is just <laughs> like, this is like crazy research. Is it because English people just sound the no, same to you? No, no, because people cr- confuse Carol and I all the time. Right. <laughs> I do. I have it's, to say. Yeah, we're actually the same person. We've been meaning to tell <laughs> Very you. Very similar. But this feels like the right time. So, you know, it, it just- you've suspected it all along. Okay, I, I I admire and appreciate this guy's this YouTuber nobody specials work here, but right. I'm I'm hoping that there's something a bit more proofy to this story than well pure conjecture. Well, I think it's pretty compelling. I'll, I'll link to the video so you can check it out for yourself and see if you agree with his evidence. Anyway, he looked up Steve O Harrison's LinkedIn account, and what you find is it describes himself as a TV presenter and sports pundit. Not a cryptocurrency CEO. Well, what do you need to be a qualified cryptocurrency CEO, to be fair? (laughs) He says this. He says he works alongside international businesses to help front their products and services. It sounds like he's been hired. He's a rent a CEO. To pretend to be the CEO. He's rent a CEO. Yeah. The twists keep coming. And maybe we should have guessed that because if you look at Steve Reese Lewis's Twitter account, he's pinned a tweet which has a link to the promo video for the Hyperverse. And there's a caption which reads, where reality ends and imagination begins. And I think that's really the case. Now, (laughs) interestingly, why have Chuck Norris, Steve Wozniak and other celebrities fallen for this? Why are they endorsing Hyperverse in this video? And what you notice when you check out these endorsement videos by Woz and Chuck Norris is that they're not that professional. Chuck Norris here, and I want to give a shout out to Hyperverse. Under the leadership of CEO Steven, Hyperverse will be the leader of Metaverse space. This is the dawn of a new beginning with a Metaverse odyssey with endless possibilities. Keep up all the great work and just know you are Chuck Norris approved. Your friend, Chuck Norris. 
I was going to say, you know, remember we were talking about it just before last, at uh, the end of the yes. year, that rent a, yeah. yeah, you pay a fee. Cameo. Yeah. That's the thing, wasn't it? <laughs> yep. It was Don Johnson and uh, Elijah Wood or <laughs> yeah. something who were yeah. uh, saying things about, uh, was it Vladimir Zelensky yeah. or something, having a drug problem. They'd been tricked into saying things. <laughs> well, it seems to be the same thing. Oh. So it was, has recorded a video where he's recorded it basically up his own nostrils. Um, and Chuck Norris is a little bit more professional. <laughs> You'd think Woz would know where his webcam is. Um, but these appear to be cameo videos. where So this company just paid a few bucks. You can normally ask a celebrity, wish someone a happy birthday, or in this case, endorse a cryptocurrency scam. Jeez. I thought they vetted those things way more carefully. They usually have a whole list of rules of stuff they won't say. I guess they don't. That's wild. Yeah, but it probably goes direct to the person. And they're like, yeah, sure, I'll read that. I don't care. Probably haven't read it. <laughs> I need 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck Norris needs 20 bucks? What world is this? <laughs> he, he roundhouse kicks his 20 bucks into his pocket. Like, why would he need 20 bucks? <laughs> so Steve Harrison hasn't been collared by the law. As far as I know, he's still out in Bangkok doing whatever he does out there. Someone else allegedly linked to the hyperverse has been now arrested and charged in the United States. Someone who's known as Bitcoin Rodney uh, has been <laughs> Bitcoin Rodney, also known as Rodney Burton. Bitcoin Rodney. <laughs> is that his real first name? Is this a bit it's like a, Judge? judge that's yeah. his Christian name, Bitcoin Rodney. <laughs> He's alleged to have made fraudulent presentations claiming high returns for investors, but, but it was all obviously a whole load of garbage. Um, so... Hyperverse. Who would have thought it? We're, we're kicking off 2024 with some cryptocurrency scamming. I suspect there's lots more of this to come. Come on, Chuck. Get your act together and was work out where to point your webcam next time. Maria, what have you got for us this week? I'm amazed that I picked a story not knowing what yours was about that is also about AI fraud and a little bit of Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> just just <laughs> completely by chance. And I, I mean that for real. Um, this story, uh, I saw the beginnings of it trickling through on Reddit and the Fediverse of all things a couple of days ago, maybe about a week ago. I don't remember exactly, but right around the new year. And I saw a toot. <laughs> or a post. <laughs> post. Let's not call them toots. That's... We don't say toot anymore on the Fediverse. Um, <laughs> I saw an image that looked totally innocuous. And I don't often see a lot of images on my feed on Mastodon because I follow a bunch of nerds, so <laughs> it's always text only. <laughs> and it was just like a very normal verification post is what the, the title said at the, the top of the image. And the image below was of a like youngish woman looking right at the screen, holding up a piece of paper. It, it's a completely insignificant image that reminds me of the gajillions of these that I've done for, I've done one for Binance, for example, where you have to hold up a government ID, take yeah. a terrible selfie, and they run it through, I don't know what they run it through, a person, an automated mm -hmm. system, both. And they it's supposed to verify that you are who you say you are. And of course, yeah. everyone always looks kind of terrible in these pictures. But that's what this image was, just as verification posts. And I'm just wondering... Why am I seeing this on my Mastodon feed? Like, right. Did somebody make a security boo-boo and <laughs> post something publicly that they shouldn't have, like a credit card? And then I looked a little more closely at the image, just, just a smidge. Um, and I noticed that the, the piece of paper that she's holding up to the camera, uh, it has two lines of handwritten notes on it. And the first one, uh, 
was clearly a Reddit username, uh, sorry, a, a subreddit name. And the second line was a Reddit username, which was you slash your mom. And I'm going, what? okay. <laughs> That's an interesting Reddit username. <laughs> what is going on here? And then, of course, I did the thing I should have done, which was read the text that came with it. And this was from user. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, read the yep. actual text in the two. I mean, the post. Um, <laughs> it's from a user named Nixcraft. And, and they said this. This is crazy. Stable Diffusion created a verification image of someone doing their KYC oh. for a bank or similar. AI will impact know your customer, which is what KYC means, uh, not Kentucky Fried Chicken or whatever I thought it was. Uh, <laughs> AI will impact know your customer identity verification processes as AI makes it cheaper and easier to impersonate someone's likeness and identity markers, which are often found in a breach. It will become simpler for attackers to take over accounts and steal money, data, impact brands, etc. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's a great thing to read on my feed first thing in the morning. Uh, so <laughs> I did what any good nerd would do is I went straight to Reddit and I wanted to find the original yeah. post where this was happening. And um, I went into the rabbit hole on Reddit where this was posted. It was on Stable Diffusion. And there is a Reddit user there who was publishing a, a workflow that I don't know much about AI at this level, but it wasn't a, it was complicated, but not impossible. A, a, a workflow to create really convincing deep fake identification selfies. Uh, I mean, way, way more convincing than anything I've ever seen. That would take maybe at most like a day to fake someone else's government ID and verification yeah. image. And not only that, but there are also video versions of this. So if you're thinking, well, you know, could just what's the difference between this and Photoshop? Uh, there's a very easy way for generative AI to make these know your customer videos that someone could just upload pretty easily to, I don't know, your bank to pretend to be you. And yeah. Um, it, yeah. it the barrier keeps just dropping on how easy this is becoming. And, you know, this is this information is posted pretty wildly, uh, wildly and widely. But think of all the companies like five years ago, everyone that we spoke with were talking biometrics. Biometrics are everything, yeah. you know, and they invested loads of money in that. And I always hated the idea because you only have one face. So biometrics are dead, effectively, in a lot of ways. TechCrunch also saw the same thing I did. Uh, I mean, a lot of people saw this on, on Reddit. And uh, they, yeah. they put an article together that uh, I'm sure we can link in the show notes about this specific uh, thing. And they also included a security research firm called Sensity that said they found that the 10 most popular Know Your Customer providers are severely vulnerable to real-time deepfake attacks. So, I mean, I feel like an entire industry just got killed off effectively by gen ai right now whether or not you miss it that's uh, <laughs> not, not really here or there but TechCrunch also included a quote from the chief security officer for crypto at binance which is the same thing that i had used for this exact thing yeah. and they said that yeah this is very easy for um deep fake tools to completely bypass their security measures for to pass uh liveness checks which is what they call it so uh I guess everything needs to go back to in person is essentially what I'm taking away Maybe from it'll this. have to be stuff like you'll get on the video, right? And then they're going to have to spew out something unexpected like, do jumping jacks right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, or like, run around in circles. <laughs> yeah, like those Google captures have already gotten super weird. I got one the other day yes. that was, which animal is heavier or something. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell is this capture? So, yeah, they're going to be just going to throw random things at you. Like, find something that's pink in your house right now or something. 
<laughs> wow. Maybe we're going to get to a point where we actually need to physically go somewhere to. Well, that would be great. Up. Maybe there'll be brokers where you could go to someone in the high street and they have certain security standards. And so you have to go there, present yourself, and they will affirm that you are the. They've uh, closed you know, all the, the branches. So, so <laughs> The branches are all closed. Well, Carol, what's your answer? Are you going to have a barcode under your armpit or something which people can <laughs> scan in? in. Or what, what, do you, what do you get to. <laughs> Where? What are you gonna- <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a fascinating problem, and I, I don't know what the solution is. Is anybody? I'm just not going to buy anything again. That's all. I'm not doing oh. anything. Oh, Carol, your story was heartbreaking. <laughs> I, felt, I felt for you. Oh, poor Carol. <laughs> I almost fell for a scam myself. So don't worry, you're not alone. Okay. Did you get your money back yet, Carol? Uh, anything- no, not yet. Watch the no. space. Oh, sorry. Listen to our last episode, everyone, if you want to hear about Carol's friend, Charlotte, <laughs> who, who was scammed. I loved, I, I loved your reaction so much because I, I wanted to tell you right away. And I said, no, keep it for the show. Keep it for the show. Well, OK, Charlotte, what have you got for us this week? <laughs> OK, are you guys Airbnb dates or do you use that like to rent houses? Or is it Vibro in the States? Or do you use that? VRBO? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've used them. Yep. I've used Airbnb, yeah, a number of times. Yeah. Right. So- I, I'm an airbnb And like for the most part, it's been a pretty good experience. Like I only rented a place once for one night with a very tight wad buddy of mine. And that experience was not great because we got what we paid for. Sorry about that. <laughs> not you. <laughs> so typically... We know when you're organizing an Airbnb, you back and forth via the Airbnb messaging app. Yep. You share basic contact info, pay for the visit, then off you trot, right? And you fly off to wherever you're going or driving, whatever. And then you have a check-in time, right? So imagine you're like sitting around the corner from your Airbnb, you know, maybe you're sipping a cranberry juice, Graham, Mm -hmm. a latte Mm -hmm. for Maria, uh, until it's time for you guys to check in. And then you get a call apologizing, saying, look, uh, the planned rental is not possible. And you're like, what? Because you're panicking a bit, right? Like you are around the corner. Yeah. And and this is going to impact your romantic getaway or, you know, whatever, if you're sleeping on the streets in a far-flung city. And the caller explains, look, sorry, sorry, sorry. The previous guest flushed something down the toilet, flooding the unit. Ooh. And uh, But don't worry, I've got another property until the problem gets sorted. Thank goodness. Right. Thank goodness. It's not ideal. You want the property you booked, but, you know, you're in a tight jam now. These things happen. You, These things happen. You're terribly nice about it in English. You're not going to complain. You say, oh, well, yeah. you know, you'll probably be the one apologize. I would actually apologize, probably. So I'm sorry <laughs> yes, that you've I had do. to go to the inconvenience. <laughs> Honestly, I would. Find me somewhere else to stay. Even though it wasn't my poop, wasn't my poop that blocked the loo. But despite that, on behalf of everyone who poops, I would like to apologize. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna take that on yourself. So so gracious, such a gentleman. Oh my goodness! But the guy says, "Look, look, I've got this other place, and it's you know it's three times bigger, and you'll get it for the same price." And he sends you a few pics, and the property does look bigger. Brilliant. You know, it looks fine, and. You know, mm-hmm. the guy's like, I need to know, are you booking or are you canceling? What do you want to do? So you change the reservation by the Airbnb app to this new property mm-hmm. and off you trot to the new property. And it takes you a bit to find it. Like you can't find it on the main street because it turns out it's kind of behind the house, like where a garage would be. 
like a garage turned flop house type thing. And while it's big, like a shed, like, like a like a vamped up shed. Okay. Okay. Right. And the furniture is is crap. It's not like the furniture. It's a bit of a shithole, basically. But you're like, oh, it's one night. It's one night. And so the next day, instead of getting good news, he, you get a text explaining the plumbing in the original rental is not fixed and that new tenants are moving into the flop house the next day. So you need to skedaddle and uh, just, you know, ask for your money back. Refund, refund, refund. I can imagine myself apologizing again for this inconvenient cycle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Exactly. You'd apologize. And also you might be a bit fucked off with all this because you only have a short stay. This is holiday time. Yeah. Yeah, it is a bit of a shame. And so you're going to go, fuck it, I'm going to go to a hotel. I'll sort this out when mm-hmm. I get home. Mm-hmm. And uh, you try to get home and trying to recoup your money from Airbnb. <laughs> Airbnb. Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> With, from Airbnb. And it turns out that it's not as easy as one might think. And this is kind of a short version of what happened to vice journalist Ali Conti back in 2019. And she ended up having to repeatedly badger Airbnb. And uh, even then, she only recouped a third of what she ended oh, up paying that's for the terrible. rental. Okay. But she's a journalist. So she started digging. And she learned that the phone number that she received the call from was a Google untraceable number. When she did a reverse image search of the couple who were supposedly renting the property, it turned out to be a stock photo. And she started reading the reviews of the property. And other people were saying, oh, last minute, there was a problem with the property. And that refunds were being ghosted. So as soon as refunds were being discussed, the phone calls stopped. They stopped taking calls. Right. Mm, And there were some positive reviews as well. But when you started looking at who they were... It turned out that they were also Airbnbers <laughs> sharing very similar properties, like perhaps identical. Huh. So in the show notes, I've given you four pictures of four different Airbnbers. Yeah. And you can see it's just basically different angles of the same room. And like, it's exactly the same apartment. Oh, yes. Uh-oh. Okay. So... Yep. Ali Snooping unveiled five accounts controlling 94 properties in eight different cities that all seem to be suspiciously run by the same people. And she alerted Airbnb, but they showed little interest. And the active accounts remained open and they did not respond. And she started talking to people that left shitty reviews. And it turns out that she wasn't alone. And it turns out that Based on a bunch of small things, like the small print inside Airbnb, there's things like if a guest stays even one night in a rental, it's difficult to obtain a full refund, according to the Airbnb rules. Hmm. And if a host asks a guest to stay at a property that's different from the one rented, Airbnb advises the guest to request a cancellation if they're not okay with the switch. Right? In both cases, the rules favor a would-be scammer and places the onus on the guest who have just parachuted into some place with their (gasps) luggage and have nowhere to stay. Oh, nightmare. Right? And remember, this was back in 2019. And there's an update. Right. Because according to Daily Beast, Joss Dalio, he wrote that Stray, I don't know how you say this last name, it's G-O-E-L, Goal? Stray Goal. Stray Goal, he's the alleged Airbnb scammer. He was arrested just after Christmas this year. 
Oh. And this was because Ali Conti published her very detailed piece in Vice way back in 2019. She got a call from the FBI wanting to hear more. Here we are four years later. <laughs> And Goel has been charged with wire fraud and aggravated identity theft. 20-page indictment laying out how the self-proclaimed visionary real estate investor allegedly grifted millions by running a double booking bait and switch scheme. Oh, jeez. So he and his cohorts would contact the lower paying renter at the last second. So he'd rented two people. One would be paying a little bit less. They would contact them sometimes minutes before their scheduled arrival to tell them the property was unavailable for the entirety or a portion of their stay. Right. And the indictment said that Gold would then offer to rebook those guests to an upgraded property free of charge. And many would accept without properly reviewing the new lodging. And of course, uh, the upgrade was usually inferior. Yeah. And this spent over 100 properties throughout the U.S., including some in California pads and rent-controlled buildings. And in total, they said he used fake profiles and deception to make more than 10,000 reservations on Airbnb that amounted to 7 million bucks in payouts. Wow. Like, it's a pretty lucrative scheme, huh? Makes you a bit frightened of booking things via Airbnb, really, doesn't it? If this is possible. You know, there's so many properties on there. Yeah. The thing that I don't like is, remember, at the beginning when Ali Conti was gathering evidence, Airbnb didn't want to know. And it's only when the FBI came knocking that they started playing ball. Yeah. And the worrying thing for me, what it suggests, is it's really hard to get your money back if you've been scammed on these platforms. The support isn't there. And that sucks. Yeah, yeah. But it does show that if you share your story of how you... <sighs> have been scammed or almost scammed, it can help other people, uh, but it also can lead to arrests. So hat tip to Ali Conti. Although it took four years, it's taken four years for this guy to be, it's a long time, isn't it? I mean, excellent work time. by the journalists yeah. for doing this and, and well done to the FBI for, you know, investigating this. And obviously it was complicated or whatever, but it's, but, you know, if you're an airbnb or maybe look at Google Maps, uh -huh. you know, use Google Maps to see the property beforehand. That's a way maybe of just checking right. that it actually exists, because in some places, you know, they couldn't even find the property. And if they put you under pressure and ask you to switch up your reservation, just cancel it. And it puts you in a much stronger negotiation position. Because, like, seriously, who wants to go away expecting a little she-she bijou something-something and end up in some crappy shithole, shed, <laughs> flop house, whatever? I mean, yeah. So, you Airbnbers out there, take heed. This episode of Smashing Security is sponsored by Collide. Wouldn't it be great if a device which lacked compliance or lacked security was denied access to your organization's SaaS apps and other resources? Because this would mean that the hackers who had nabbed the unlucky employee's credentials, for example, could not gain access to your assets. It would effectively lock them out. Welcome to Collide, a world where access is only given to approved, secure devices. As the administrator, you can manage every operating system, even Linux, from a single dashboard. 
Another bonus of Collide, employees can often fix their own problems without involving IT support, meaning less resources are needed to effectively operate a more secure environment. Collide is the device trust solution for companies with Okta. Collide ensures that if a device is not trusted or it's insecure, it is denied access to your cloud apps. Learn more at collide.com slash smashing. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash smashing. And huge thank you to Collide for sponsoring the show. Shortcut compliance without shortchanging security. That's what Vanta can bring your company. Expanding the scope of your security program with Vanta's market-leading compliance automation, saving your business time and money. Vanta has over 5,000 customers around the globe who are saving over 300 hours in manual work and up to 85% of their costs for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, GDPR, custom frameworks, and more. And with Vanta's 200-plus integrations, you can easily monitor and secure the tools your business relies on. From the most in-demand frameworks to third-party risk management and security questionnaires, Vanta gives SaaS businesses of all sizes one place to manage risk and prove security in real time. And as a special bonus, Smashing Security listeners can get a stonking 20% off Vanta. Just go to vanta.com slash smashing to claim your discount. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash smashing. And thanks to Vanta for supporting the show. And welcome back. And you join us at our favorite part of the show, the part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week is the part of the show where everyone can choose something they like. Could be a funny story, a book that they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. Whatever they like. It doesn't have to be security related necessarily. Better not be... Well, my pick of the week this week is not security related. In fact, it's maybe not even a pick of the week. It might actually be a nitpick of the week. Oh, Uh oh, got to find that sting. Yeah, well, back. (laughs) (laughs) Starting 2024 with a bang. (laughs) Back in the day, back in the day, I used to work with Carole Terrio at a security firm. And this is just an example of something which niggles me because it has to do with percentages. (laughs) Because, oh boy, Carol and I, we we used to do a press release each month. This is many years ago, it's 20 years ago. Where it's not that I'm serving up an old grievance here or anything. No, no, no. Airing of grievances was last month during Festivus, Graham. You're a little late. We we would do a press release maybe saying the dirty dozen spam spewing countries. And there were, there's a number of anecdotes regarding that. Let's not mention the Pitcairn Islands. But anyway, I'm I'm not. The trouble we got into with that. But. But there would be there would be something like, for instance, oh, you know, India has risen from twenty eight percent to thirty seven percent of all uh, as a percentage of all the spam spewed in the last month. Something like that would, you know, would Basically a bunch of stupid numbers, a bunch of stupid numbers, as Kroll would mention. But it got so much attention every time. Yes, it was an easy way of getting coverage for the company we were working for. Yeah, and 100%. So we- we would mention that a number would rise from, I don't know, 5% to 20%. And you'd want to explain that in some way. And, and Crow would come back and she'd say, 5% to 20%. It's risen 15%. Eh. 
<laughs> and I would I knew you'd be on this, Maria, because Maria's a maths nerd. <laughs> and she <laughs> knows five <laughs> percent to twenty percent is not a rise of fifteen percent. It's fifteen <laughs> percentage points. Indeed. You have to be careful to say fifteen percentage points. It's actually a three hundred percent rise if you go from five percent to twenty percent, because how many fives have you got, right? Sorry for being boring about this. Anyway. My ni- I'm not sure what my nitpick really is. Is my nitpick people who get percentages wrong in that way, percentage rises and percentage falls in that Are fashion? you kidding me? Are you kidding me? No, so no, you, no, no, you no. went back 15 years <laughs> to talk about something we had to do every fucking month that we hated. And you're like, no or, reason I brought that up. Just, 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 just struck me. <laughs> is my is my actual problem? Is my actual nitpick of the week with mathematics itself? <laughs> because maybe maths should simply be different. Maybe Kroll is right that a rise from five percent to twenty percent should be able. You should be able to say that's a fifteen percent rise. I wonder if I'm just being too pernickety. I wonder if I've got this wrong. I'm, I'm just questioning. All of reality right now. Maybe maths itself <laughs> is wrong and it should be reinvented. So my nitpick of the week is percentages, but more specifically, mathematics. It's existence. Which I think <laughs> it, it just needs to be corrected. Maria, what's your pick? Of okay, the week? Graham, um, for your nitpick, there was an interview with an author I heard on the radio. Her, her name is Eugenia Chang, and she wrote a book called Is Math Real? Um, and I think you got to <laughs> read that book. I just like, you, oh, okay. you really, like, I, I'm going to make that like a, a sort of semi pick because uh, it's. Is math real? Yeah, is math real? Yeah, and she's a mathematician, so. All right, we'll put a link in the show notes so people can read it and then tell me what it said. <laughs> She gave a really fascinating interview on uh, Science Friday, uh, which is a great show here in the U.S. Highly recommend. Um, my pick of the week is a television show that just completed its second season, and it is called Julia. And some people might be able to guess that, yes, it is about Julia Child, the... Chickens pine- in the oven! <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, she was the pioneering television chef who was really, really popular in the 60s, especially, but beyond, you know. Um, and sh- she broadcasted on U.S. public television from WGBH in Boston, which is my home station. Um, she is very beloved here in the Boston area where I live. And uh, she's She's very famous in North America, I would say. I don't know if she's as well known outside. Yeah. She she basically went to France with her husband. He worked. She decided to become a cook. She turned yep. out she was amazing at it. Came back home yes. and did the show. And it was a, like a superstar. So she's a, America's equivalent to Delia Smith or Fanny Craddock yep. or something like yep. that. Basically like a biopic uh, TV series. So it's really taking its time with Julia Child's story, starting about how did she end up becoming a TV chef. Um, and the interesting thing is her, she is being played by Sarah Lancashire, who is a British actress and absolutely nails Julia completely. So I had no ah. idea that she was not American, but she did a great job. Um, and the, aside from the fact that the story is fascinating and the series is extremely well done, one of the reasons I love it is they actually, this series has taken pains to get things accurate in terms of how it looks. Uh, they filmed a lot of the show right here in the Boston area. So there are many scenes at a diner that is in my city that I sit in with my daughter all the time and I recognize it. Oh. Uh, and they, and Julia Child is very much like a 
beloved Boston hero. Um, and so the fact that they actually didn't say, we're just going to put it all on a soundstage in LA and they filmed it out here to me adds a lot to the, the color and the flavor of the story. So, um, I've really enjoyed it so far. It's honestly been one of my favorite TV shows I've watched in a while. It's, available in the u.s through hbo and i believe in the uk you can watch it through apple tv uh i have no idea outside of those two i'm sorry but it's it's widely available so i i recommend it highly it's just called julia i have not seen it but i'll keep my eyes open i uh, i think you might really like it Kroll. Yeah. i really do it sounds up your yeah. street Kroll, because you're you're a yeah. big chef aren't you thanks so. maria you got it Kroll. <laughs> Kroll, what's your pick of the week um well mine is a detective series so for some reason, when my cousin was over uh, during the holidays, uh, we started talking about that show Naked Attraction. Do you remember that, Graham? Oh, yeah, right. Well, I think we've talked about it in the show, like people, old timers out there, you'll remember we've talked about this. But basically, I assumed it had been canceled right after the first season because like, who would, who would, but no, it's still going. There's like seven series. I'm surprised the whole channel hasn't been cancelled. It was, it was basically for exhibitionists, wasn't it? That's the point of the show was they they would pull up a little drawbridge to reveal your je- so it's a dating show, but based <laughs> initially upon whether you fancied someone's genitals or not. <laughs> well, it's a dating show where you have three potential dates and you get to uh, gauge which one you choose based on their nude bodies like completely nude like junk and stuff nude yes. basically if you want to check out naked bodies you want to see people in the nude this show is for you no um but that's not my pick of the week okay because <laughs> oh okay all right because we watched <laughs> we watched one show and we're like oh my god look he's so look at his penis and then uh, we got bored uh <laughs> how many penises can you look at that's yeah, true right <laughs> graham don't answer that <laughs> 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 we were scouting around Channel 4 and I found the show called Before We Die. Oh my God. Now, don't let the name put you off. Before We Die is a British crime drama series based on a Swedish series of the same name. Inan Vidur by Nicholas Rockstrom. Sounds cheery already, yes. <laughs> I know, I know. Okay, series one opens with D.I. Hannah Lang. That's played by Leslie Sharp. And she launches a manhunt when her secret lover, also a cop, goes oh, yeah. missing. Right? And then soon it, it seems that a Croatian mafia-esque family known as the Mamichas are involved. And maybe there's also a leak inside the cop house, maybe. And I can't tell you anything about series two because it continues the same storyline. But I love the Croatian angle. Right, because I love the sound that accent makes, and the actors are Croatian, and mm. uh, I love Mama Micha. She's like, like, you know, head honcho family, just great playing the mom queen. And uh, you're both very quiet. You falling asleep? Yeah, I'm. I'm just listening. I, I... No, normally, I'd be on the phone to someone else chatting while you're talking, but no, on this occasion, <laughs> I'm just listening to you. So sorry about that. Oh, God. I'm 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 just I'm just wrapped. <laughs> I'm listening. Okay, okay, fusies. I found it quite fun, and uh, I hated the title mm. before we die, but we got it from Channel Four streaming service. Or failing that, if this sounds really boring, you can also find naked attraction there, and you can look at boobies and dongs. Uh, pass, oh, pass. <laughs> I'm just giving you know no judgment, just whatever your thing is. Yeah, pass. Rule thirty four. <laughs> no. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Mega pass. Well, one of those suggestions was a great pick of the week, Carol, and the other one 
Oh. Could have been a pickle of the week. Who knows? But uh, um, Not a sticky pickle, though. Boom. <laughs> that just about wraps up the show for this week. Maria, I'm sure lots of our listeners would love to follow you online or find out what you're up to. What's the best way for folks to do that? Well, I host a daily show for space professionals called T-Minus Space Daily, which you can find at space.n2k.com. And I also am on Sticky Pickles with Carol. So you can look up either T-Minus Space Daily or Sticky Pickles. Either one, you'll hear my damn voice. So... (laughs) Beautiful voice. <laughs> Tremendous. And you can follow us on Twitter at Smash Insecurity. No G, Twitter and Last Have a G. And you can also look up the Smash Insecurity subreddit. And don't forget to ensure you never miss another episode. Follow Smash Insecurity in your favorite podcast apps such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Overcast. And massive shout out to our episode sponsors, Vanta and Collide. And of course, to our wonderful Patreon community. It's thanks to them all that this show is free. For episode show notes, sponsorship info, guest lists, and the entire back catalogue of more than 353 episodes, check out smashingsecurity.com. Until next time, cheerio, bye-bye. Bye. Au revoir. Maria! Mm-hmm. Super. Oh, thank you for having me on. Always. It was a delight. You're beautiful.